0: What's up. It's Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports, and I've got a special episode of the podcast for you talking about phase three of Andy Frisella's Live Hard Mental Toughness program. And joining me to jam about it, he is the founder of Euphoria and now a seven-figure brand manager for e-commerce sellers. He's also a friend of mine. Say hello to Brendan Pettit. Brendan, super excited to have you back on the show.
1: Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. Always good to jam with you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to wrap about the the last phase of Live Hard. Um, Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.
0: So this is the fourth episode of our five-part podcast series about the Live Hard Mental Toughness Program. If you've not listened to the other ones about 75 Hard Phase 1 and Phase 2, check it out on the Sports Marketing Huddle. We're actually gonna do one more after this that recaps lessons learned from the entire Live Hard program. But we wanted to give phase three its proper due because it deserves it. So first, let me set the framework for what in the world was involved in phase three. So with the Live Hard program, we had exactly one year to complete all four phases. In this last phase was exactly 30 days before the one-year anniversary. And why is that? Because if you messed up, you go back to zero. So this is absolute as absolute gets. So what we got to do as part of this program, one, workout twice a day, 45 minutes inside, 45 minutes outside. We got to follow a diet with no cheat meals, no alcohol. The diet is up to us. We got to take a five minute freezing cold shower every single day. We got to add three more uh, items on our power list every day. So every day we start with five, we're adding three more. This includes the weekends. So eight things on our to-do list or get to-do list every single day. We got to take a progress picture every single day. 10 pages of reading of a personal development or entrepreneurship book, one random act of kindness per day, and we also had to journal it. And lastly, we got to meet one new person a day in person. But first, Brendan- During
1: quarantine.
0: During quarantine. Let's get into this. Let's start with, before we started phase three, our mindset going into it. And I remember- when Andy actually uh, debuted what was included in phase three, because he did this in stages. When we started 75 hard, we didn't know there was, there was actually more to this. And then once we did phase two, Phase one, we didn't know what was in phase two and phase three. And when, when Andy debuted phase three, you know, the first thing that went into my mind, here comes my bitch voice. I was like, Ugh, are you kidding me? Like, like he made it harder this was already so hard so I'm curious to you what was your first reaction when you saw what we got to do for this phase
1: yeah I would say my, my my initial reaction was the same it was like man like it was already hard enough like yeah it is only 30 days and I guess I say only because once you've gone through 75 you've gone through 30 and then you've gone through another 30 you know it seems easy on surface if you had the same criteria you had to meet but then You know, he added like the meeting a new person today uh, or that day and then um, the random act of kindness. And and it's like it, it, it involved you having to be that much more creative about how you structure your day because it was already hard enough. I mean, it is truly hard to stay that consistent on like two workouts a day, one inside and one outside. It takes planning and preparation and in setting out your clothes and making sure you're intentional about all of those things, even drinking a gallon of water fitting in your reading, like all of those things take some prep work and intentionality to them. So yeah, when I saw that I did, I had the exact same reaction. I was like, freaking A, what are we going to do here? And even more
0: specifically, the five minute cold shower. So that's something that was introduced in phase one. And when that was done, I was like, thank goodness that we're not doing this again. (laughs) And then I look and I'm like, what? It's back again. It's like, oh, and for anyone who has not taken a five minute freezing cold shower every single day for 30 straight days, let me tell you, every single time you step up to that shower, you have to essentially pump yourself up because it is absolutely freezing every single time. And we're going to dig a little bit more into this, but that was the number one where I was like, uh. So that's the mindset right when it was released. But now let's talk about our mindset the weeks leading up to it because as you and I Learned and in the rest of the world did. So as we said, this is exactly 30 days before our one year mark. So you and I did not choose when this day was going to start for phase three. It was just arbitrarily based on when we started. And as fortune would have it for us, as it turned out, guess what ended up happening? the coronavirus. So I'm already pre-planning for the things that I'm going to do about the ways I'm going to meet one new person and random acts of kindness. And I'm starting to get excited. Then coronavirus happens. Then here comes that bitch voice again, where I'm like, oh man, you got to be kidding me. The hardest part of this entire journey. And I've got to do this during a quarantine. And the bitch voice is making noise and it's making noise. And then literally like one week in not even a week into the quarantine because you and I weren't part of the quarantine for probably more than a week before we started this and I started to crave it I was like oh my god I want this structure I want this to start now because I yep. knew the benefits and I'm curious for you once the quarantine hit with the coronavirus what was your mindset about us starting phase three
1: yeah, I was in that exact same mindset. I feel like I needed some structure. I was kind of, um, you know, in the gaps in between each one of these phases too, like you you sort of get to a point where you start craving it anyway. And although we did come off like the last phase relatively quickly in between this, this last, uh, this very last phase, it phase two versus phase three, it was, it was definitely um, one of those things where I could tell that if I was going to be at home, and I wasn't able to go to the office every day and I didn't have that same routine and I was on train or riding my bike or any of that, I was gonna need to like form some sort of other habits or structure around my day that kept me in line. Um, yeah, so that I, I was actually in that, that sort of crave mode as well where I felt like I needed the structure in order to like really stay sane and, and sort of uh, uh, motivated and um, yeah, I guess, I guess organized in my own thoughts and, and flow. Um, throughout, throughout the day. So it was good. And there is one
0: thing that Andy said leading into phase three, which absolutely set my intention. He said, we'll see who's really been following the program. And what I took from that, even though this is a mental toughness challenge, I took that on the fitness side of things, which is only one part of this. But so often when you're on this, you're like the Terminator. But when you get off, it's easy to be comfortable and not do the things that got us here. So when Andy said that, I was like, you know what? I'm coming into this with momentum. I'm going to make sure that when phase three starts, I am already crushing. It's not like a ramp-up period, like we're, we're shacking the NBA season where he's like, oh, I'll play my way into shape. Uh-uh. I'm coming in like Kobe, and I'm like, I am straight crushing right away. And because of this... Uh, One of the things that I had done, so to try and meet one new person a day, I was working out of a co-working space leading up to this. So I went to the community managers 30 days before we started, and I said, for the next 60 days – I get to meet one new person a day, and I would like you to help me. I was like, if there's anybody in this room that you want me to talk to or that I can help you, please introduce them to me. So they started bringing people to me every single day. Hey, this is Rob, this is Rob, this is Rob. So I'm like, boom, I've got my bases covered for where I'm going to meet a new person. But guess what? Then the quarantine happens, and <laughs> that gets thrown out the window. So now we'll Absolutely. actually – We'll get down to the breaking down each one of these nuggets. And I'll start with the meeting new person because every morning when I woke up, it was weird. There was two things that were immediately on my mind, meeting a new person and doing the random act of kindness. And here's why, because all of a sudden, Uh, To do a random act of kindness, a lot of the examples were like, oh, buy someone's coffee in line or do something nice for someone. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. No People are no longer outside. There is no more go to Starbucks to pay for someone's drink. So a lot of people during the quarantine, they are staying home 100% of the time. They're going outside like once a week to go to the grocery store. That is not an option for you and I any longer. So now Mm -hmm. when I woke up, immediately on my mind was – how am I going to meet a new person and how am I going to do a random act of kindness? I'm curious, what was the first thing on your mind every day?
1: Honestly, yeah, it was, it was probably those two things. And then I always had um, my checklist on my phone. So I would go through, I would uncheck them from the day before I would make sure that whatever I could get done in the morning based on my schedule. Cause you have a very strict like, hourly time set for your your workout, your mindset, all the reading, everything. But my schedule, because I work with people in the UK and like everywhere else, it was hard to keep my mind on one thing. But that, that one thing was probably the meeting somebody, was the one thing I could sort of create and sort of think about how am I going to structure my day when I go out? Or if I, do I have to go to the grocery store? Where am I going to be out and about where people might be? So that was definitely what went through my mind. And even the night before, I would try to think about it a little bit too as I'm prepping for the next day. If I could help it, I would, I would really try to write down some ideas of how I would go do that. And it was
0: extremely inconvenient, I'll say, that it's, it's raining in Chicago or just various things where you're, you wouldn't want to go outside and meet someone. Nonetheless, it's something that we got to do, and I was actually really excited about doing this to begin with. Like, I like meeting new people, but all of a sudden, the quarantine threw a different angle on things, and I'm very personable. I got no problem going up to people But something ended up happening that I did not expect. And it is really the reaction from the rest of the world on social media towards me doing phase three, but more specifically meeting one new person a day. Because all of a sudden, the keyboard warriors are coming out saying, Rob, are you being safe? Rob, why are you meeting one new person a day? Stay home. And remember, when When we first started the coronavirus and the quarantine, people had various emotions because the media is just throwing everything at people. So there's a heightened sensitivity. Mm -hmm. But my mindset through all of this is, Andy always preached, the conditions are never going to be perfect. There is no compromise to this. So my mindset became, you know what, this is the ultimate test for me that we are going to go through and finish the hardest phase of this mental toughness program in arguably the hardest and most difficult time of our lifetime. So for me, I'm like, all right, how am I going to meet a new person? And how am I going to do something good for someone at the same time? Mm -hmm. So my first thought was, I'm going to go around to the few businesses that are still open. And when I mean a few, we're talking like, less than 10, less than five. And I'm going to go and introduce myself. I'm going to let them know what I'm doing that, Hey, I want to meet one new person a day. And the way that I quantified this, and this is a big tip for anybody who's going to do this or wants to meet a new person a day. I said to myself, the way that I'm going to qualify this is I have to say my name and I have to get their name. So I'd be like, my name's Rob Cressy. What is yours? And you'd be like, oh, I'm Brendan. Brendan, nice to meet you. And then I had to follow it up with a question. So this wasn't just like a surface level nothing. This was, did I say my name? Because guess what? There were instances because as we know, one, people don't like to meet new people to begin with. People really don't like to meet new people during a quarantine when everyone just sees fear everywhere. So I could talk to someone and they could not give me their name, even if I say my name. So I went up to these local businesses and said, Hey, I'm Rob Cressy. I'm a local business owner. Um, I'm here to spread good vibes because there's so much negativity in the world. I want to see, is there anything good that I can do for you? And I really turned this meeting a new person into also the random act of kindness because one thing that you and i had to do was get creative on the random act of kindness because a lot of the things that we thought we were going to be able to do weren't available to us and i want to think a lot of this may have been a lot more digital because i think most of us when we think about a random act of kindness you're going to pay for someone behind you in line well with those out of the way i'm like all right what can i do that's going to have an actual impact So I'm like, well, I'm good at creating content. I'm good at social media marketing. Let me go ahead and take a picture of the business and or the business owner and then post it on my social media saying, listen, if you're in the area and for example, the very first business I went in up to was open one week before the quarantine started it was a bookstore of all things they had just opened and they had to close down and I was like listen if you're looking for books they're still doing stuff online I took the picture I posted it on my social media and I showed them love I'm curious to hear from you sort of what reaction you got from people or sort of how you went about doing this
1: yeah I didn't get a lot of negative pushback on that kind of stuff um and I think I wasn't as apt to post all the stories of me meeting people as you were either so I could see where that the trolling could happen from your end. I would say that that um to clarify too, I feel like if you're putting if you're just living your life, there are plenty of opportunities. I think what shifts in your mindset when you're going through something like this is um really just taking the opportunity where it presents itself right and putting yourself in a situation where you're still being safe like if i go out and i'm walking in the park or i'm going to target or i'm going grocery shopping um you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna adhere to all the rules and regulations and try to be as safe as i can however if someone crosses my path does something says something Um, has a different, a certain hat on or something I can comment to, of course, I'm going to just be more intentional about engaging that person, even with six feet distancing, even if I have to wear a mask, whatever. So it really just came down to, sorry, my dog's are barking. It really just came down to me being intentional with the opportunities I had. And with that too, I also, I also made sure that I put myself in position. So like usually I don't do the grocery shopping, usually don't do some of those trips. But I said, Jesse, like let me handle it this month, which she was happy to do, of course. Um, so I, I was making the target runs. I was going out and if like Boston wanted something different to eat, like I would make a, a run to something like Taco Bell. Then I would knock out some of those things like by paying for somebody in the back and going through the drive through So like I just took the opportunities as they came. Um, and I also still was able to practice a lot of the rules and things like that, but just be more intentional, you know, about the, the, the meeting people uh, along the way.
0: I agree 100%. And I was the exact same way. And I think that was the delicate balance for me is because I'm a creator. I share so much of my life. I meet so many people just in everyday life and people, the, the impression that I got on the receiving end was people thought I was reckless careless, but it couldn't be anything further from the truth. I'm doing a freaking year long mental toughness program. Of course, I know what's going on in the world. Of course, I'm being safe. Of course, I'm not trying to injure myself or other people or any of these things. So that was tough. But One thing that Mrs. Bacon actually suggested to me, she said, Rob, why don't you ask people something positive that has happened during the quarantine for them? Mm. Because once again, there's so much negativity out there that can we be someone who is a beacon of light? So I really took that to heart and said, All right, when I'm gonna meet the new person at the park, at Target, at the grocery store, I'm gonna go and be like, Hey, What is something positive that has happened? And I would literally explain to them. And you know what I heard a lot of? You know what? I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for being alive. And we really focus on the gratitude side of things. And it really made me feel good to know that there were people out there, because guess what? A lot of the people who are working jobs at Target in the grocery store, they're working these hourly wages. And this really means something to these people, because what do they do if they don't get this opportunity?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely i mean and and it was just about trying to find somewhere to engage people too like i most of my interactions happen with neighbors that I had never met before or walking through the park there's a there's a park right down the street from my house you know and luckily this time around it wasn't the weather was actually pretty nice most of the time. Like 80% of the days were pretty nice, relatively. It may be overcast, but not raining or super cold or anything like that. So people were still out quite a bit. Um, So people that had dogs, maybe I'd be walking my dog. Um, so we can engage in conversation there and to me I didn't have the the the, I had to get their name or I had to say my name but I did have sort of like a three-layer rule so like I at least had to engage and ask another question so it's like how's your day or like weather's great isn't it or like you get those icebreakers but then you start to talk about like their dog. How long have you had your dog? You just you you make it the intention to keep talking about them. Try to make them smile. Even again, I, I would ask people, how's your quarantine going? You know, like yeah, how you staying positive, you're staying busy, blah blah blah. Um, there's there's an older community down the road too. Um, like an old folks home. Um, community center. So, like, there'd be a lot of older people walking, and of course, I would socially distance. I wouldn't get right up to them, but I would ask them how it's going. And you know, a lot of people were still pretty positive. There was a lot of sunny days out, and people wanted to get out and about. the The funny thing about Portland is, I always make the comment that like, like people here are very like, like you know, to themselves. They don't want to engage. They just are very blank, and it's just like, like they don't hold doors open. It's very, it's weird because I grew up in the south. It's not the same sort of casual conversation here as it is in the south so here though i feel like more people were so amped just to like have some sort of human interaction when i was out and about with them locally here that we just need, were able to go a couple layers deep in conversation without even trying you know whereas usually i feel like i would have to be like pulling on a on a long string just to get them to engage you know so um, I felt like it, it was very positive as far as the interaction goes. And, and again, I told you this, you know, I was able to meet neighbors that I hadn't met in three years of living in this neighborhood and they're right down the road. They're four or five, six houses down, you know? So um, it was cool. It was a cool opportunity to be able to do that. Learn some names, learn some faces, let them know if they ever need anything. I'm right down the road, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it was a positive experience overall. A key for
0: me and we'll move on to the next topic um, for meeting a new person is coming from the mindset of designing the interaction. So one thing that I did living in Chicago is if I was at the grocery store, I didn't want to rely just on the cashier or the bagger. So I would go up to the meat counter and ask the guy behind there, Listen, a friend and I are having a debate. Do you think the Bulls will make the playoffs in the next year and a half? And boom, he'll immediately start jamming about it. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What's up, man? My name's Rob. What's your name? Oh, what's up? I'm Doug. Cool. What's up, Doug? Nice to meet you. Boom. Like this, and we're dapping it up. And it was a way to bring the guard down because you're like, how do you meet someone? Well, if I'm saying... I'm almost putting it on a straw man. My friend and I are having this debate. Can you help us settle? So now I'm including him in this conversation. So if you want to meet new people, think about what you're going to say or ask them. So let's now get to the random act of kindness part of this because there was one thing, or actually there's two things that were huge takeaways for me. The number Mm -hmm. one was sending people who were close to me a personalized video. And this wasn't the typical sales. Hey, I'm just checking in. Instead, I would say, Hey, hey, Brendan. Uh, as you know, every day I get to do one random act of kindness per day. Today I'm going to use that random act of kindness on you by sharing something that I love or admire or notice about you. And then I would give a one-minute um just talk about what I admire about you, sending good vibes your way. There is no expectation of anything in return, and I found out that it was the blessing of all blessings in my life, because what you you realize is you don't know what is going on in other people's lives, and certainly with the coronavirus, there's stuff with job loss and finances and family and health, and, and oftentimes we don't share these things with the people who are closest to us, whether it's our friends or sometimes We just don't tell our family members, our wives, sisters, parents, in-laws, that we love them or that we notice something about them. And the responses I got back were glowing like so much so that people were saying, Rob, you don't know how much this meant to me because dot, 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 they had something else going on in their life. And once I got a few of those back where I realized on the receiving end, the impact that I could have this is something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life because I realized no one else does this. And it's so specific and heartfelt because you're noticing Mm -hmm. something specific that you love or admire about someone. And so rarely does somebody out of nowhere say, you know what, Brendan, I really love how you took the opportunity to jump on board with 75 hard without anybody else telling you to do so. And you've been my ride or die with this. And it was just such a blessing for me. I'm curious if there's anything that stood out for you about the random act of kindness.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like you, you know, I'm very community oriented and I'm a part of uh, different networks and, and mastermind groups and different things in e-commerce. And, and I have some influence in those areas and I have some skills and things that I've developed over the years. Um, and then resources that I've accumulated through my business, through the business that I have access to. Um, and I was able, uh, what I was able to do is sort of curate different situations to where I could share either the, the knowledge and resources that I have access to. Like with you, I shared some logins to some different things that I have access to, as you've done for me in the past, um, through the network that I'm a part of. Um, I was able to, to hone in on specific things that people were having trouble with on like their e-commerce business, like PPC or different situational issues. And I would, they would post about them on a the network or they'd be in their specific like weekly huddles that we have and they'd be sort of talking about it. So I would, I would DM them. I would say, Hey, let me take a look at X, Y, and Z, and then see if I can sort of diagnose what's going on and give you a game plan and things like that. I did that several times, um, throughout the weeks. Um, of this last phase. And then there was other things too, where like, if I felt like buddies in, I knew like old skate buddies of mine and stuff that like lost jobs or um, were going through a financial hardship and I would, I would like Venmo them like 20 bucks and be like, Hey, like pizza's on me tonight or like, you know, just stuff like that. But it was intentional in the fact that I wasn't just randomly dishing out money. I would, I would see what they were going through. I would understand the need and then I would try to fulfill it in any way that I could. Same thing with the knowledge and the resources. It was like, I knew, When I would give it to somebody, I had intention about thinking about would this be beneficial to them in their journey through entrepreneurship, through their business, whatever the case may be. And so I was really able to tap into that. And that's just a testament to to the whole program, because as me and you have talked about, like our knowledge, expertise and resources have grown over this last year. Just from all this intention, the momentum building, the consistency, the chipping away at it every single day has led to the fact that I can pour back into a community. And then this is just sort of an outlet for that, right? Just a one-off outlet per day that I was allowed to go intentional here, intentional here, and pour into that, right? So it was a really cool experience to be able to be super intentional about it. I can't say that in the last you know year that I had I have been as intentional as I should have been as this this phase made me in that process. So it was a really cool wake-up call as well, just to say, look, you have the resources, like, do more, be more, you know?
0: I love that. And then the last part of the Random Act of Kindness was putting this in a journal. And this mm-hmm. is something that, what they teach you in the Live Hard program is attention to detail. And there was absolutely no compromise. You mess up any one part of this at any point, you go back to zero. And for this, I actually got a good amount of PTSD from, did I put this in my random act of kindness journal, even though I know I did it, I crossed it off my list and I checked it twice because we're so far into this program. It was like, I'm conditioned to like triple check everything that I did on the random act of kindness.
1: Yep. hundred percent. That's why I said, I put it in my phone every single day. I had a checklist on my Apple notes where it was like, you know, check, 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 and the bubble had to be checked or else I was calling myself out. Did I do it? Did I? So if it was blank, but I meant to check it, like I would go back and say, did I write in the journal? Okay, cool. If I didn't, I would, I would go, okay, yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened. Although most of the time I was pretty good about doing everything in a sequence. Like once I did one thing, I would come back and do the other, you know, once you work out, you come back and take the progress pick. Once you do the random act kind of, so you get back from that, that sort of being out and about and in social interaction, you come back and immediately when you get home, you, you journal it. So it's, it was, it was very much like a, I would say PTSD going through it. And then like, we've talked about it too. Like as soon as it ended, I felt like that next weekend when I was sort of like chilling out, I felt like, like I was missing something, like something was about to like sneak up on me and I didn't do something I was supposed to do or something. Like it was really funny, unique experience. (laughs)
0: Let's get to the workout side of things. And this is an area in which the coronavirus really had a big slash negative impact on me because. My primary um, methods of working out one indoors was lifting. I loved lifting because if I'm going to be putting in the work at 45 minutes a day inside and 45 minutes a day outside, I want to look good. So and it's going to be about to be summertime, so I'm like, sweet, I'm going to look all jacked and everything. And then number two is basketball. And for my outdoor workouts, I would like to do basketball or play basketball with my friends. Well, guess what? In Chicago, it got to the point where they took the rims off the basketball hoops. So basketball was no longer an option, and there was no longer the gym because all gyms are closed everywhere. And thank God for me that I had a Peloton at home because it was an absolute lifesaver. But for me in this phase, it was a lot more on cardio. One, the Peloton. Two, I was training for a half marathon, which in six days, I was supposed to run the Brooklyn Half Marathon – Well, guess what? That has since been canceled, but I was still training all through it and I'm still going to run the half marathon just on my own in my own world because uh, I committed to doing it. I'm going to find a way one way or another. So I did more stretching and cardio and yoga and things like that from the workout side of things. I'm curious how your workouts changed knowing that the gym and basketball were no longer in our world.
1: Yeah, so uh, the first uh, thing—that's why I rolled away from the computer. This is my 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 mashup. You can't see it if it's the podcast, but it's a—it's basically a wooden stick with a resistance band. And what I do is I'd stand on the resistance band, do my curls, do my shoulder lifts—you know, do all that stuff. So I sort of have like a makeshift little exercise machine (laughs) that I I I created myself. Um, Because you know, by the time I went to go buy dumbbells and do all that stuff, it was like a lot of places were out of them, or they're just not as good. Um, and, and I felt like I could u- utilize my, my body weight and stuff like that and do slower, more precise exercises. I, I put, you know, 30 pushups uh, times three, you know, squats, the, the essentials there. And then about a third of the way through, I got a Peloton uh, myself, which really changed the game as far as my cardio was. Because um, I, I really do hate running unless I'm playing sports. Not that I just don't like it because I think it's actually really, really boring. Um, I do get my cardio by doing walking or trying to do something active to where like if I if I go out and throw the football, or go go shoot around uh, at an outdoor hoop, which luckily ours our rims aren't taken off because it's we're not like that much in the major city where we still have a couple basketball hoops here and there. But that that was definitely my biggest outlet of cardio. So getting that Peloton about a third of the way through really changed my perspective. It allowed me to become a part of that community, and then every day try to like one up my goal, which was a huge shift for me. Um, because my, I felt like my cardio was lacking a little bit more than I wanted it to. Um, I'd still do stairs outside and do things like that little sprints, but it was nothing like doing a 45 minute ride or a 30 minute ride with, uh, like the hit intervals and all those types of things, complete game changer. So I love that aspect of it.
0: Living in Chicago, we do not have tons of space. So one of the inconvenient mm. things for me was doing body weight exercises, uh, led by the Peloton instructors in my foyer. And when I mean my foyer, I mean my front door. So you open my front door and one foot away is Rob with a yoga mat doing this stuff. And mentally, it was probably one of the hardest things for me. So I'm very routine oriented. So through the other phases, I would go to the gym in the morning. Boom, no problem right there. But for this, I didn't really enjoy the body weight exercises because it just, it was just different for me. So mm-hmm. this is an area in which I had to overcome my bitch voice. And I say that in a good way.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, hundred percent I, I had to, I had to make myself run for those first like 10 days of the month, just because, um, and then I found other ways to do it as well. You know, I would, I would go and do outdoor workouts or do some, some, some body weight exercises. There's also like trails down the road from my house that have like little pull up bars, like every now and then I would go hit those up. So you know, there's there's ways there's other ways of finding a way to work out. Um, But I would try to be intentional as I could be about it. I did have like the push ups and the squats and all those things uh, on my board every day. And then it was a matter of like, what else am I going to do outside of that? And uh, what do I want to do while I'm outside and stuff like that?
0: All right, now let's get to the most uncomfortable part of the experience, the five-minute freezing cold shower. And when I mean freezing cold shower, I mean you get it to the point where there is still water coming out, but anything lower in the water pressure changes. So this is freezing freaking cold. And my process, like I did in phase one, was I would get into the shower at warm. So I wanted to get wet first. But this happened for 15 seconds, maybe. So because, boom, I'm going to get this over with. So I get wet first, and then I have my phone actually on the soap stand right there. And I would set the timer for five minutes and 12 seconds. So what that would allow me to do is I would have a playlist of good vibes music because my key to all of this was almost like a disassociation. So I'm listening to... Bob Marley, and things that make me dance. So I'm dancing in the shower. I'm sadistically laughing, and I hit start. So at 5.12, that gives me enough time to turn around, go from the lukewarm all the way to the freezing. So I know I can do that within 12 seconds. And then from there, boom, here we go. And I can tell you, in between phase one and phase three, I moved places. And the water at this current place is freaking freezing, so much so that it would give me a headache when I was getting the soap off my head from the shampoo. Like, it was not comfortable. So I'm sitting there and I'm dancing and I'm laughing and it's like anything but, I want to be anywhere but there. And then the second that thing goes off every day, I'd be like, yes, I hit the timer on my phone, turn that water on warm, and I sit there and you just watch as your body just, just warms up and it's like you go from the worst feeling to the greatest part of your day in about 10 seconds.
1: Yeah. No, I, I can I can relate to that. Um what I was scrolling while you were while you were talking because I was trying to find the song that I had sent you uh that I was like this song is like 530. It's like the perfect song to dance to and, and to have playing and it was La um by Sheik um so and it's, a, it's like an old school skate song obviously but uh, like a roller ring song but like i i remember like when i tried what you're saying i i i set the timer um but then i also turned on this song and then for like five minutes and 30 seconds like allowed 30 seconds for the water to change and basically like the next five minutes was just me dancing in the shower and then from then on i set the timer and I'd either, if, if I was going in cold, like I hadn't just, you know, sweated and, and worked out or I'd, I'd, I'd like, like I wasn't like maxed out hot, like I just did a walk or something like that. I would, uh, I would play the music to really get it going. And most of the time though, when I came off the of Peloton, like I would actually go in and just set the timer and go for it. I didn't even need to dance. Like if anything, I would just do like fist pumps and just sort of start dancing like on my own. Um, but there was songs like this that got me through it as well, especially in the beginning when you're really getting used to that process, because five minutes, it's like, it seems like a short amount of time, but it is not like, not when you're doing cold shower. Like I would find myself, especially in those first few days, like you're checking and it's like two minutes 30. You're like, man, I think I thought i have been in here for seven minutes. (laughs) Like shit. So there, yeah, that was definitely a tough part of it. Um. I, I, I don't think I ever found like a great stride of trying to get through that. Like I I could, I wish I could say that like every time I did it this certain way, but every day you go in with a different attitude as well. Like every day, depending on what's going on, like you, you, maybe you want some different music, you want different vibes, like all that stuff changes. So like, you have to sort of flow with that. And then some days I was just like, you know what, like, I'm just going to take it today. And like, I just didn't have any music, turn on the timer, like, I'm going to get it whatever and then other days I was just wanting to groove and you know mix it up and sing and laugh and whatever and then other days I'd be listening to podcasts and have my timer on so like it just it really just varies on depending on the day and how I was feeling but I definitely set a timer every time and I definitely made sure that uh, the water was cold before I hit start, basically. Um, so there was a there, Jesse would always uh, gripe at me because there was always, like, water between me and the sink. Like, there's, like, the sink and then the shower, and there's, like, always just this puddle of water because I'm constantly reaching in and out of the shower. Um, but, yeah, I got it done, man. I mean, it was – you just do what you have to do, and it's uncomfortable. But the thing about cold showers is that after you get done, you feel so great. Like, your body goes into such a a sort of, like – it maximizes everything it needs to, to help you get through it. And then it's like, it does it. You, you just know that like your body has sort of cleansed itself in a way and you just have this feeling of like, it was hard, but it, now I feel a lot better because of it. Like it's ultimately going to help me. Um, so that's, I always left cold shower feeling better to be honest with you, but it was, it was interesting. And the whole way
0: through, we'll actually get to some of the blessings that helped us through the coronavirus because one of them being your immune system, cold mm-hmm. water helps you stay healthier. So, when you think about going through all of this, when we did this, actually ended up being a blessing because I'm walking around, I'm physically fit 100%. We're doing a five minute cold shower, we're drinking a crap ton of water, and our diet is on point. So, when I thought about myself from a health standpoint. I wasn't concerned about getting it, not that I wasn't aware, but I knew the things that I was doing was serving me and my health in a way that very few other people were.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm i in the best shape I've been in a long time. I, I wasn't really worried about it. I was taking my vitamins. I was very consistent on other things outside of what I had to do daily for the phase. So like, yeah, I felt like I, I was not going to be really susceptible. There was a time where I had like some runny nose stuff and a little bit of congestion, but that was more like probably seasonal allergies or whatever. And I didn't worry one bit. I kept the positive mindset. I kept my habits going. And obviously the, the phase took care of the rest really, because you're just, you're forced to take care of yourself in a way. So um, yeah, it is a blessing and it's a blessing the entire year. I mean, who knows how many more things we might have caught or been exposed to or allowed to get in our immune system that now have been sort of deflected because we've built our bodies up into being, like, a lot more, um, I don't know, just optimal So for the entire process. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling, man.
0: And I continue to take an element of cold showers every single day, and I have for years. So but there is a difference between fifteen seconds and five minutes. There's a big, oh, yeah. big difference. big yeah, there's difference
1: between like woo, and like a little shiver and uh, you know getting your whole body like a little bit cleansed and and almost relief, especially if you're hot then like get you literally have to get used to it being cold and then like you never really get used to it and your body almost starts to go into like a semi-shock because of it like that's a completely different feeling than than relief from a hot day or a hot moment
0: oh yeah we won't talk about what happens to your balls when you take a five minute cold shower because let me tell you um everything that you would think would happen probably does. So yeah. let's keep yeah. this party going. The water <laughs> we can zoom through very quickly. I think one thing that actually became a benefit was because we were quarantined at home uh, and we're drinking a gallon of water a day, you go to the bathroom a lot more. So mm-hmm. because of this, I'm going to the bathroom at home as opposed to at a co-working space or at a Starbucks or going to different places. So it was nice having that convenience. Um, For me, once we started 75 hard, drinking more water has become part of my lifestyle and what I do because your body craves it, certainly with the amount of activity that we do. So for Mm me, um, it was something that I was aware of. Uh, I was always done with my water by four o'clock p.m. But this was just more, let's get it done and move on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I kind of throughout these phases, I've really kept up that habit probably more than anything else. Like I might not drink eight glasses, like 16 ounce glass of water every single day. But I, I would say that most days I drink at least six to seven, you know. So even even outside of that, um, I mean, the water habits really stayed on my radar. Like, I feel like even now, like I just emptied my, my last glass and like I, I almost feel parched, like as if like I haven't had water, but I've already had about three or four glasses today. So like you know, it's not that I'm not getting enough water, but I just constantly doing it, so I always feel like I need to keep drinking water. So that out of all the habits, that definitely became the easiest to just fall into. Like it, it doesn't take any effort. I don't even think about it at all. It just I just keep getting water, keep getting water. Um, and obviously, you you have the little tally marks, I'm sure as you do as well, where it's like, yep, one down, one down. I did I did two glasses basically within the first. 30 minutes of waking up anyway, you know, and then you really just stack the the, the odds in your favor uh, throughout the day. And if you need to space them out because of meetings and things like that, you get strategic and you have to be a little bit intentional about that, which is harder to do because sometimes it just becomes habit to keep drinking. And then all of a sudden you have three hours of meetings back to back to back and you're like, shit, like you have to keep pausing your video, pausing your... <laughs> You put yourself on mute, go pee, come back. Like, like you wait for a lull or somebody else's responsibilities to be talked about. You have to dart out. So there's a lot of that that has happened. But uh, overall, I feel, I, I feel a lot better about it as well through All going right. to this last phase.
0: So let's get to the diet now call side of things. So this one, <clears throat> there was a good and a bad because of the coronavirus. The good is because there was less less temptation of lifestyle. Living in Chicago, we love going out. So in the previous phases, I would still on the weekends go out with my friends. But when we were going to the bar to watch sports, I was not drinking. I was drinking a soda water with lemon. So I didn't have to do that. So there's fewer temptations there. The bad side of things was... Uh, living in the city. I have multiple grocery stores I can walk to. So I would go to the grocery store four times a week where it's like, oh, let me pick up tonight's dinner, go back home. Now it was like a once a week grocery store run because social distancing, we're doing everything to be as safe as possible. And that sort of messed up my flow a little bit because we're used to Getting certain foods or liquids or eating a certain way. And oh, by the way, not everything is available anymore because people are just hoarding everything.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: from that, it was a little in between. Um, but from a diet standpoint, um, I don't, it's always a challenge for me because the diet is the one thing where you can trip up. You eat one Dorito or one M&M or something, you lose. You go back to zero and you fail this accomplishment. So that was always a challenge for me. And I've always had a difficult time knowing how to eat, not healthy, but the quantities that I want within all of this. So like eating clean, how do you replace um, Doritos and wheat thins and some of these things that might be filler foods? like I get tired of like I ate a crap ton of fruit and I'm eating very healthy but at some point you're just like I can't eat any more raw nuts like I've been eating that and strawberries and bananas for like every single meal so that's the biggest challenge for me in this what about you
1: yeah, I would say it's the same. Um, I will say that like the the little orange like cuties became like my my go to over the last couple phases. Like I would just get bags full. Like every time I go to grocery, just two bags of those cutie oranges, um, and I would just eat like a bowl full of those at a time. Um, as far as snacks go, but you know carrots and fruits and veggies. Bananas are always in the house. Like those are great filler food. Uh, Maybe some banana with peanut butter or something like that, just depending on if I needed something to fill me up a little more, if I wanted a little more protein before a workout or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the one good thing that we kept going was, uh, we started doing HelloFresh, uh, about two months ago. And we've kept that going. So having the meals coming to the house at least a few times a week um, for a few occasions was really good. And then what we've always done is, in a lot of circumstances, we'll buy extra of whatever meals we like from that week, and we'll have some leftovers, or we'll be able to make more, or whatever the case. Um, and then Jesse always keeps those the the old stuff as well, the old menus, and so yeah, our meals. And then we'll go to the store and buy those specifically. And and a lot of the the vegetables and stuff were a little bit tricky so we'd have to have like a couple backup plans and like all the she's she doesn't eat meat so all the little like vegan chicken options and vegan meatball options like it was hit or miss so we'd have to sort of ad hoc our way through some of the meals and things that we made with any of those ingredients um but overall I felt like because of the meal prep that really bridged the gap for us was like having that already set up was sort of like a blessing, because it really took a lot of the other guesswork out of it. And we were able to sort of, you know, kind of shimmy our way through a couple meals here and there, um, and, and simplify things a bit. So But, you know, overall, it was weird going to the grocery store and like you'd have your mind set on like two or three different vegetables. And like for that week, for whatever reason, like they were just out and then the next week they'd have a surplus and the next week they wouldn't. And so it was very strange to go in grocery shop. You'd have to sort of be like, hey, like there was a lot of texting going on, especially because at the beginning I didn't do the grocery shopping anyway. So I was like trying to find my way around the store and like there was like a lot of figuring out what we needed to do to make it work. But, you know, we worked through it. So I felt good about it. One other
0: positive for us, no alcohol. So what is one of the things yeah. that we're hearing is a negative impact of the quarantine and the coronaviruses? Everyone's at home, they're bored, and they're drinking a shit ton because it's a normal thing for people to do when you have nothing else to do. What are we going to do? We're just going to drink a ton. For me, this has always been an easy thing because it's very binary. It's a yes or a no, Mm -hmm. where when I decided I'm doing this and I'm not drinking, not a problem because it's no longer on my mind. I'm not sitting there being like, oh, my God, if only I had a beer. Of course, I would love beer and a margarita and all these delicious things. But guess what? The level of focus that this gave us because of how clean we were eating and drinking, 100% was a huge benefit by not drinking alcohol.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, both of us, I think our schedules have gotten probably at least two or three times busier over the the past six to 12 months. So like really it, 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 it was, it gave us that extra bandwidth to be able to handle all the influx of stuff that was coming in, all the new tasks that we might have to do, all the new opportunities that we have to put through certain filters and, 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 and get through. And yeah, I mean, I think that clarity really helped. Like it, it kept me sharp on Like, what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? Being present in the moment, like, like being able to get on a conference call and know exactly even if you didn't have an agenda, because for whatever reason, it was unorganized, you come in and boom, 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 like, I know exactly what needs to happen. You just, you just get to that straight clarity. And there was, there was a cool, like momentum that started to, to, to form, at least with me through like, just being able to hit that stride day after day, you just, you keep showing up keep getting results, keep showing up, keep getting results. And it's all because like, you just feel like there's a lot of clarity there um, because the, cl- it's not just clarity that I think a clean diet and the the no alcohol, it also gives you like, like, like a, a better emotional state as well. I feel like you're not as susceptible to certain things. Like you're very rock solid in like how you feel, like if you go through your intentional stuff, meditation, mindfulness, whatever it is in the morning to get you your day started, it just, you don't have any weird shifts like when you eat too much sugar you have too much alcohol we've all seen someone on too much alcohol like you have weird mood shifts and it can it, you can be on a high one minute and then all of a sudden you crash and you don't know why you're in a bad mood and there's there's different things that happen there um, so I felt like that gets a little bit more condensed and consolidated and, and you can control it a lot more when you have a cleaner diet and a cleaner mindset I think that clarity so to- it was totally great.
0: Totally agree. And that'll be a segue to the power list. And this is actually one of the most challenging things that ended up being one of the absolute best things. So if you haven't listened to Andy Frisella's podcast on winning the day, he says every day, write down five things on your power list, five things that you get to do when you accomplish those, you're done with the day. Well, guess what? As part of the phase, we're adding three more to that list. But here's where the big challenge comes in the weekend. You're not used to waking up on a Saturday and a Sunday and now creating eight items on your list that you're going to go and accomplish. Well, guess what happened with the quarantine? Sports went away. Never in my life did I imagine the business, which I run Bacon Sports, we, we create sports content, we build sports communities. Sports no longer exists. So for me, Sports is 100% of my life. And when I mean 100%, I don't watch the news. I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch anything other than sports. So all of a sudden, there is no longer anything on TV for me to be distracted by. So what do you do when you no longer have any distractions? And my social media, unlike other people, decreased precipitously because there's nothing on social media. There's nothing on ESPN. There's nothing on TV. So now insert the eight power list items every single day. And I can say the last 30 days has been the most productive I've ever been in my entire life. And I make this joke that at the end of this, I was like, all right, so what's this coronavirus thing everybody's talking about? Because I just, I've paid no attention to it because it does not serve me. Because I am building things, I'm creating processes like, I'm going to look back at this time and no joke, this is going to make me in my business in the rest of my life because a lot of people are going to say, I'm bored. I have no purpose. This was the worst time. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? This is the greatest time of my freaking life. We completed a Mm -hmm. one year long mental toughness program. I built courses. I got new clients. I built new relationships. Like, this is the best I have ever been. And I even texted you at one point where, I almost got this weird um, high performance overwhelm where I would be up every day at 5.02 a.m. and then it would be like 8.30 p.m. and I will have done that for like three weeks straight and you, you get up at 8.30 and you're 8.30 p.m. and I look and I'm like, man, what do I do now? Like I have a half hour left in my day to try and decompress until I do it all over again and this is equal parts. I was proud of myself, but it was a little weird to be doing it at such a high performance for that long and being like, whoa, what is the, not the escape from this, but like sometimes you need a little bit off, but in a good way.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, I, I can relate to that. I think, I think when you get in a mode I think it's also been ingrained to us that we, you understand burnout, you understand that you need balance in some cases, you understand that you need to take off a throttle every now and then, but we're so like when you're getting things done and, and things start starting to move and start, things are starting to catch, it's an exciting time. It's like it, the momentum sort of takes a hold of you and you start to just like, you just keep going, well, if I do this and then now I can actually do this too. And then all of a sudden you start to stack your plate up. Um, I think that's just a natural progression and it will, be, it will find its natural balance as you start to butt up against any sort of relationships or you know, personal engagements or things that, other things that you uh, have a priority on as well. So I think that's just, that will balance itself out over time. That's just the ebbs and flows of productivity, right? Like, like to, to put time into one thing takes away from another. So over time, when it compounds, you'll have to balance it out. So that, that's just part of the game, I think. But I, I experienced the same thing. And I, I, me and you are on the same wavelength when it comes to like looking back at this past year, looking at like the task management itself, talking about the, the the power list. You know, I I love that, and I I think I was the most productive that I've ever been as well that month because now I I have basically three roles and responsibilities that I'm um, and a fourth on the way that's a little more passive, but all of that was put into place by creating this standard of of getting things done planning the night before getting your power list ready chipping off the block every single day, one at a time, you, you, know, you've got this big elephant, whether it's, whether it's, you know, your financial goals of increasing or, or decreasing debt or whatever that is, you always have that, that, that goal in front of you. And you just have to keep that, that that powerless is what actually allows you to chip away at it every single day. And as long as you take some time to get your goals, right. And you take some time to, to really put down and focus what you want um, out of everything that you're putting action into and, and and intention into like you will find that if you chip away at it you will find yourself like on on basically the the beginning uh, of, of greatness because all we've talked about this analogy multiple times we probably even discussed it on the podcast but it's like the whole bamboo analogy it's like you you have to keep watering the bamboo the bamboo doesn't start growing to its full height until like the last five weeks out of that five-year time period that it takes to grow bamboo. So that last five weeks, it does 90% of the growth. Where So like those, those first five, four and a half or four and a three-quarter years, you don't see anything. There's nothing going on with it. You think that it's just a dead weight project. You don't know why you're spending time on it, but it's just watering it. It's just consistency. And that's all we're doing here is just watering the plant every single day, chipping off the block every single day, and I, I agree with you. I think that the, the one thing that I was really bad at before all of this, like a year ago was task management, calendar management. It was not my strong suit. And I think because of the intentional nature of this entire um, program, it, it, it you have to basically cap your, your weaknesses and your downside on calendar management organization and being intentional about how you spend your time or else you will fail. And so you, the, the power of this was everything to me, especially in this last phase with everything else going on, all the hats that we're wearing, right? It, it just keeps you focused. And then the clarity from the diet, the no alcohol, all that stuff tied in, just really gave you this propulsion and momentum to where I would do the same thing. I would look up at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night and be like, holy shit, like, I'm not like even angry or burned out that I'm working this long or anything like that. I just that was just the nature of the beast and where we're at right now, but I look at my income and it's, it's, it's tripled and almost quadrupled at this point. And all of these things have happened because all I'm doing is just every day taking a chip off of it. So, you know what I mean? You have to look back and just be thankful. And obviously I'm thankful to you too, for just helping me stay accountable, that stuff, you know, not being afraid to, to go after certain things, saying yes uh, more often than not, you know, those types of things. So. Anyway, I'm going on a rabbit hole, but you get
0: it. <laughs> you're welcome. And I think the word I would best describe this is flow. That flow. we were in flow so often that when 7.30 or 8.30 gets there and you're just like, whoa. It's not where's the time gone, but it's like rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And it's, well, I'll say it again, one of the best things that will ever have happened to me. Because when a lot of the world is retracting right now, you and I sped up to the greatest point of our entire life and this is separation season we're gonna see who's gonna make it happen and who's not and you and I are making it happen and I do want to mention this if at any point during this this sounds like it was easy for Brendan and I let me tell you it was not every single freaking day was a challenge but you, you mentioned the word intention because we woke up with intention. We knew what we were looking to accomplish because I believe a lot of people right now are hurting for purpose and intention. But we had that. And that was the beauty of the Live Hard program is that we were doing this. We knew why we were doing what we were doing every single day. We had a purpose. And with that purpose, we turned into the Terminator in the best way freaking possible.
1: Right. Well, and it's funny you say that because I will be open and candid and saying like when I first started this and a lot of the thoughts that were went through my head at the very beginning was like, why am I, why am I doing somebody else's challenging? Like, what do I have to prove? Like, who am I trying to prove this to? And blah, blah, blah. And like, I would sort of, it was kind of like what you talk about that bitch voice in the back of your head, like, like, I don't need to prove myself for anybody else or I don't have to do Andy's program to like, you know, find my best self it's like he's just trying to call everybody else out right like you kind of you have these things that go through your head that it's like why you know why do I need to do this and what what I saw from you is I respected you so much for getting involved and I was like you know I think it was my respect for you that really pushed me it's like it's Rob is doing this and he's you know, committed to it. And he's excited about it. I was like, there's got to be something more to this that I'm not seeing. And that's really what got me into it. I mean, ultimately, like it was my respect for you and and seeing your mindset and knowing where your mindset already was at the time, because I even felt like you had this sort of leg up or edge on like this sharpness about your mindset, even then, even though it's sharpened to this point now, you you still had something about you that was like, I, I wanted that. I wanted something like that in my life and I wanted to have that clarity in some of those things. So again, you know, it's okay to have those thoughts, but it's not okay not to take action. It's not okay to just settle for who you are now and all this. And what I learned from that is it's like, just keep taking action. And all of a sudden this whole program has turned around to be like one of the best things I've ever done because it's, it's sharpened my sword so much in so many different areas of consistency and productivity and all that stuff that, yeah, I don't know where I would be if I didn't do this at this point. Whereas like, again, I came in sort of bitching about it and going, yeah, you know, screw this. Like I don't have to do it to prove this to anybody to all of a sudden it cut to, it's been one of the best things I've ever done. So, you know, just because you, you enter a situation a certain way, doesn't mean the outcome is going to be the same. You just got to keep taking action, keep being consistent. And that's what this program really did for me is it gave me that confidence. It gave me that exposure to where my weak points were, the intention to go attack things. And then, you know, obviously you have to follow through as well. That's a big part of this, but you also helped me with that as well with the the accountability. And I would advise anybody getting into something like this, like a hundred percent, you need somebody to be accountable to, um, because we will let ourselves down a lot more than we think. And that accountability partner snaps you out on the days, even whether you know it or not, there were days where I probably messaged you and you messaged me where you weren't expecting it, but all of a sudden you got the jolt you needed because the accountability kicked in. You knew that I, I, I would forget that I was being accountable to you too. And then all of a sudden it would be like, hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, shit, Like <laughs> I got to set my game up, just, just from a text, right? And so it was, it was those type of moments. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm rifting, but you get it. It's like the whole program changed my whole outlook on things in that perspective.
0: I love it. And that's why I'm so excited for the recap we're going to do about the things that we learned over the entire year journey. So let's end this by going to the end. We're going to talk about two things, our mindset when we were ending the final few days, and then the day after when we completed this. So on the final weeks, so I broke this down very calculated. I knew once we got into the single digits, my mindset is always finished strong. When you get into the final week, you're like, I got, I got less than a week. Then the final few days, you're like, I am. how do you finish a mental toughness program? You don't limp to the finish line. You come in like freaking Hercules. So I knew on my end, I was setting personal records everywhere. I was training for my half marathon. I ran my longest distance, which was over eight miles. I set personal bests in Peloton in two consecutive days. I continued to have the mama mentality from Kobe Bryant, which I talked about in phase two, where I'm pushing, 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 because I was like, I want to look back on this and say, I gave this everything I freaking had, because that's what we do. That's what you learn, this sharpness of yourself. And really, it's this pride in yourself. Because that's what I would want. That's what Andy would want. And that's what this program does. When the rest of the world is saying, oh, my God, this is so hard, you say, let's layer on some more hard stuff. I'm going to show you what I'm made of. And I knew the last few days I was finishing as strong as I could conceivably could.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did the exact same. Um, You know, it was always like one extra rep. Um, and then on the peloton because I was really in the mode of doing that to get a lot better with the cardio I I hit personal best I think maybe four well my last four days I think I hit uh, personal best on 20 minute 30 minute 45 minute Um, so like I really started to increase the intensity there as well and like I blew through the records that I had previously you know if I was at a 300 I went 350 like it was like I was just mass i just would look down and just pedal 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 and obviously like some of those trainers are really good too that to keep you motivated and, and the music also helps keep in the groove of things but yeah man like it was just it was all about finishing strong um at, there at the end and i think um uh, what was the other part of the question though because there was something i had to say about that too
0: personal best finishing strong um that's the way that um we, we're trained to do that because that's how we That's how you enter or how you exit a mental toughness program.
1: Yeah. And then you were saying, and then your mindset coming out of it as well. So So, let's get to
0: the the day after. So this is the last thing we're going to leave with when it's interesting because on day 364, you've done all of the things, but you have not completed this. And then you get to day 366 where you are officially done with this. And I can tell you it was one of the greatest days of my entire life because I was so proud because I knew the way that you and I had to pay our dues every single freaking day, every twice a day workout, every gallon of water, every five minute cold shower. And I would get emotional just thinking about it because I can't think of another time where I put this much intention on doing something for one year straight. And I can Mm -hmm. say it's one of the best days of my entire life.
1: Yeah, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I think we went through similar emotions. We've we've talked about it. It's like I went on uh, you know, a, a walk outside, you know, that last day for 30 minutes or so. And um I think I had already done my workouts at that point. I pretty much checked everything off other than maybe like reading and like my couple glasses of water. And I was like, it was obvious I was gonna finish. It was maybe like two o'clock in the afternoon. I knew I was gonna go back and get some hammock time in. And I just was like, uh, there was just this sort of emotion. I started to tear up a bit, just walking, thinking about the journey, thinking about how I almost didn't do it. Like the fact that I did these thin threads, obviously just how we met um, through just mutual friends and like like how these thin threads always lead to like these crazy circumstances. I mean, everything in life is pretty much from like some sort of a thin thread one way or another. And you just, I just started rabbit holing down like the entire journey Um, the conversations we've had, how much you've poured into me and hopefully how much you you feel I've poured back into you and just, just how we've, how I've become such a better person. I don't know what I would have done or who I would be if I didn't have something like this in my life, where would I be now? Um, I'm just grateful that I was able to go through this and able to go through it with you as well, being my wingman. Um, you know, you, we're, we're both Maverick and then each other is <laughs> goose, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know,
0: you could be you my wingman know, any right? day.
1: No, you yeah, could be exactly. my wingman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's, it's, it was great, man. I, and I appreciate you again. I, I can't, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you like taking a journey with me. And, and really I took it with you because I was, I was following your footsteps. You, you sort of blazed the path and, and set the standard. And then I I rose to the occasion and met the challenge. And then we both sort of went through it together. And um, I'm glad for all the wise words you give me along the way. Cause there were times in between phases where I wasn't, probably my best self. Like maybe I let life get the best of me without the habits being built. And, and those are things too. I We'll talk about that on the entire journey podcast, but like there are times where you're going to go through like the days that you, you just have a bad days or even bad strides of weeks at a time where you're, you're not sh- as sharp as you want to be. You don't know what's hung up and, and having you in my corner to be able to sort of free up the sludge in some of those processes have been also like a huge benefit to having an accountability partner and all this Um, because I don't know where I would be without you. I don't know how I would have got through it without you as well. So I appreciate you, man. Uh,
0: Thank you for that. And likewise, you helped me out so much. And I'm so proud that both of us made it through this journey. And hopefully for everyone listening right now, you can feel the passion in us, in our hearts, in our minds, and how this changed our lives. It is without a doubt one of the best things that we've ever done. And Brendan. Let's have a call to action in terms of where people can connect with you and then where people can connect with me. And then we're going to leave them because we're going to do one more podcast, which is going to be absolutely incredible because it's going to put a button on all of this. Where can everybody connect with you?
1: So I'm on Instagram at Brendan Pettit and that's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-P-E-T-T-I-T.
0: And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have thoughts or questions for Brendan and I about our phase three journey? Or is there something on your mind about this program that you're curious about? You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. As always... Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the sports marketing huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth. And if you get value out of the free podcast, we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.